0: Officials say its defense forces have shot down more than 40 targets during what Kiev's mayor Vladimir Klitschko describes as another difficult night in the capital. Ukraine's air force claims to have shot down 37 out of 40 Russian-launched cruise missiles and 29 out of 35 drones. The latest wave of Russian strikes on the city come as Ukraine prepares to launch a counter-offensive to reclaim areas that Russian forces have taken. I'm Lawrence Brooks. Uh, still some confusion about what's happening. Thank you, Lawrence, for that report, but, uh, about misinformation, uh, about what's going on. Uh, certainly we know about the missile attacks at Kyiv. Uh, that was a big story this past weekend. Uh, but some, some conflicting stories about what's going on in Bakhmut as well. And to get some clarity on that, uh, we are pleased to welcome back to the program, uh, Professor Oral Brown, who is a professor of international relations and a senior member of the Mug School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. Professor, uh, great to have you back in the program. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you. Good morning. Maybe uh, to begin with, if you could, maybe shed some light on, on on what you understand is going on at Backwood right now. Initially, the Russians said they had taken the city. Uh, the Ukraine forces said, no, they haven't. Uh, there seems to be some sort of a consensus now that at least the core of the city is controlled by uh, maybe not even the Russian army at this stage, but by the Wagner group. Uh, but Ukraine hasn't given up on that city, have they?
1: No, they have not given up. And uh, you have to look at somewhat uh, a somewhat larger area because though the Russians, particularly the Wagner Group, uh, at a horrific cost to them, made gains and they have captured much of the city, on the outskirts, on the flanks of the city, the Ukrainians have made some significant gains. So there's always a possibility that in a larger counteroffensive, they could envelop the Russian forces The Wagner group claims that it's withdrawing, and so it is interesting whether this is just an internal matter, or whether they suspect that there will be a counteroffensive and it would be prudent to leave. At any rate, in terms of the larger strategic picture, Bakhmut was not that significant, but the Russians, especially the Wagner group, they wanted a win. It may turn out to be a Pyrrhic victory.
0: And and then we have the, the story, of course, of the counteroffensive. Some are suggesting it's already started uh, because you can't just say, okay, it's going to be, uh, you know, May 31st is the day that, that you know, it's it's incremental and, and that, that they may see actually some action here and some positive moves. If, any indication that's already started and that's already happening?
1: There are signs that at least indicate that what uh, is called shaping the battlefield is occurring with the Ukrainians uh, bombarding some uh, positions, uh, uh, behind Russian lines, uh, they have attacked some positions, that is the Ukrainians in Mariupol, where there have been concentrations of uh, Russian forces. But first we have the general problem of the fog of war, as Krasov called it, but we also have psychological warfare. Ukraine does not want to clearly signal uh, when this starts. As you said, they're not going to give up a specific date. In any war, there is also disinformation. You do not want the, uh, the enemy to know What you're doing, in fact, you are trying to convince the enemy of threats that don't exist, so they will move their their forces to deal with those uh, threats, leaving themselves more uh, vulnerable. But um, clearly the momentum is shifting to Ukraine's side, which is quite remarkable because now we are more than a year into this conflict. And you will recall when this first started, very few of us believed that Ukraine could withstand the massive Russian attack, never mind turn this around to a situation where they would be capable of uh, mounting a credible large offensive, which we are expecting.
0: Professor, what about the guerrilla attacks that are happening, as you mentioned, at some some Russian installations and 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 and, and gatherings here, and even some, with some of the troops? Uh, and again, Ukraine has said that's not us; uh, that they, these are. are People that are Russian that are fighting against Putin's army, uh, yet they seem to have some sort of a base within the borders of Ukraine. Although they they are they say they are Russian, but they're they're fighting as not as as Ukrainians, but as Russians fighting against Putin. Uh, kind of a gray area right here. What's what's uh, your your read on what's happening there?
1: It is a gray area, and uh, um, in a sense, one might say that Ukrainians have taken this out of the. Russian textbook of uh, plausible deniability of using forces and then claiming that uh, these were acting independently. So um, clearly these troops had equipment from Ukraine. They had been fighting with Ukrainian forces. The decision to move into Russian territory is more murky, but the signal is relatively clear. And that is that Russia itself is not immune from attacks that what Russia had enjoyed was this kind of luxury were under enormous pressure from the West, which was uh, confusing, especially in the case of the Biden administration, caution, confused with timidity, and they were told the Ukrainians absolutely do not uh, touch any Russian territory. The Russians could uh, roam and bomb and kill civilians anywhere in Ukraine, but their own territory was protected. The message now is that at least on the periphery, Russia itself may be vulnerable. And we know that Vladimir Putin was shaken by this. He has mentioned this kind of attack. He uh, has threatened retaliation. So it uh, clearly registered.
0: And that could, because this one's countered exactly, you know, the message that Putin is saying right now, but how does he respond to these sorts of things? Well, we we already know in part, I guess that answer, don't we, Professor? I mean, he's already told once again about sending uh, nuclear arms uh, to Crimea and, and towards the border region here. The implication is, if this continues, you may see these things flying overhead. Uh, it, it, would he use something like this as a provocation to to take that next step?
1: It's highly unlikely because, technically, it would not make sense to use nuclear weapons. It will open up an entirely new chapter in the war. And most importantly, Putin has, in a sense, mortgaged Russia's future by moving his country into a subordinate position to China. It has become so dependent on China. And China absolutely does not want Russia to not only not use nuclear weapons, but not even to threaten the use of nuclear weapons for the obvious reasons that any escalation to a nuclear stage would cause enormous alarm throughout the world and it may induce uh, countries such as Japan and South Korea uh, to go nuclear. That is not what China wants to see. So the Chinese have been very clear with Moscow and they have a lot of influence that uh, using nuclear weapons is a non-starter. this threat is not very credible. Now, that said, one cannot be 100% certain, but on the balance of probabilities, it's extremely unlikely that Vladimir Putin would be doing more than bluffing because he's done this repeatedly, and he knows that the West also has nuclear weapons. We survived the Cold War when we faced the Soviet Union, not just a remnant, which Russia is, by deterring nuclear weapons and uh, or nuclear conflict so uh it is not a case where uh, vladimir putin would just have a free hand
0: what is chi- china's role here i mean again uh russia said they have discussed peace prospects uh with the chinese special envoy uh ukraine doesn't seem to want to have anything to do with these discussions and, and is their quote unquote peace proposal something to hang on to all the the, the land and all the territories they've, they've obtained through this invasion and just leave it there
1: The Chinese proposal on the surface of it is really a non-starter for Ukraine and for the West, because clearly China is not an impartial party. They are allied with uh, Russia, though they try to create the impression of impartiality. But Ukraine does not want to alienate China. They want to maintain relations with China, so at least they uh, formally said that they also will speak to China and that uh, they will think about Chinese proposals, but if you look at the details of that proposal, it basically uh, omits crucial elements, such Mm -hmm. as that this is a war of aggression that was started by Russia. And when these proposals talk about sovereignty, it's very unclear if it is intended to get uh, the territories that were illegally occupied by Russia back to Ukraine. So for these reasons, uh, the Russians uh, should be quite happy with that plan. But Ukraine at best will play along. But uh, I do not see any way in which they would uh, entertain the proposal seriously, particularly if Ukraine is able to engage in a successful counteroffensive. This exactly. is what is crucial. And it may take more than one counteroffensive to gain back significant uh, elements of uh, territory in Ukraine.
0: Well, I'll have to leave it there for now. Uh, as always, Professor, thank you for your perspective on this. Greatly appreciated. Thank you for having me on the Bill Kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 CHML.